Now, um, Stranger Things Season 5, I imagine, will drop sometime this year, maybe next, um, and it's going to wrap up a spooky and drawn-out and kooky kind of uh, masterpiece, really. I've watched uh, most episodes numerous times, and while I follow it closely, I have to admit I don't always understand it. The, the part that I often don't get is where exactly does Elle go when she is blindfolded in her ice baths or whatever, and then she walks around in that kind of weird, empty darkness? She's still physically in the bath, isn't she? But she seems to be physically somewhere else at the same time. She's able to touch and interact with people who are in far-off places while not actually being in those places at all. And what happens to her in that empty darkness seems to affect her physically while she's lying in the bath. I don't really get it, but I know that it works because virtually every uh, season centres around Elle finding someone or fighting someone in that empty darkness. In Stranger Things, Elle is the right person in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And that's a little bit like uh, the idea of the next line of the Apostles' Creed, which says that Jesus ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus rose from the dead in a body. And we're going to return to that idea later in the term. But the question for us today with this line of the Creed is, if Jesus has a physical body, but he has gone to heaven, to a a non-physical place, well, how does that work? Where is Jesus' body? How is he sitting down? What is he even sitting on? We're a bit blurry on the physics of it all. But the ascension of Jesus, the going up of Jesus, is meant to assure us that everything is as it should be. Because if Jesus' resurrection affirms that he lives forever, his ascension to heaven affirms that Jesus rules forever. Jesus is humanity 2.0 in his resurrection body, and he has been given his rightful place at the Father's right hand forever. The eyewitness testimonies of Jesus' resurrection, they're the basis of the Christian faith that everything changed on that day, and the ascension is one of those key changes. And so like El, Jesus being seated in heaven is the right guy in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. And Christians live by faith in that, even though right now we can't see Jesus nor totally understand how it all works. But what is Jesus doing right now? Well, we're told that he is simply sitting down. I wonder if you think that means that he's just kind of chilling and doing nothing. Well, actually, sitting down in ancient times is what rulers on thrones did in the ancient world when they were actually busily at work. They would make decrees, they would order their kingdom, they held important meetings. Sitting down is not resting, it is ruling. It is like when a new prime minister is sworn in and on their first day of office, they sit down at their new desk with their colleagues and they sign documents and they put policies into place. Jesus sits at God's right hand because he rules from there. He is actively involved in our world from heaven. Just like Elle can affect the events of far-off places while she is floating in a bathtub. Now, we might not feel like we need Jesus involved in our world. We might feel like we're doing just fine without him around. Perhaps. I mean, we do kind of tell ourselves that human history is about progress, don't we? 
that we are constantly moving toward better, healthier, smarter ways of living, that we are slowly ticking off that list of uh, human flourishing. The famous Martin Luther King Jr., uh, he quoted a famous mantra in one of his speeches that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And that is something that we like to hold on to, that justice, that freedom, that happiness are gradually coming our way. But does the evidence suggest that we're actually making progress with achieving justice and freedom and happiness? Well, the World Bank just recently forecast that by 2030, global mental health care will cost our global economy $16 trillion a year. The World Health Organization reported last year that one in eight people globally are experiencing mental illness, which is an increase in frequency of about 28% just over the last 12 to 18 months. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of progress towards happiness, does it? See, we like the idea of heading towards final justice and happiness, but we don't seem very good at being able to achieve those things for ourselves. We need someone else to bring justice, and that is what the next line of the Creed talks about. It says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and from there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. See, Jesus' conquering of human death and his living rule from heaven makes him the one who has the right to judge the living and the dead. And in our reading from Acts 17 from this morning, Paul spoke about the, the creative power and the control of God the Father, and he finished by saying that people should now turn in faith to him because he has set a day when he is going to judge the world in righteousness by the man he has appointed. And he has provided proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Martin Luther King Jr. was right. The arc of human history does bend towards justice, but it's not a justice that we bring. It is a justice that God brings through Jesus. The rest of that quote from Martin Luther King is quite telling. Uh, he said that evil may so shape events that Caesar, that's the emperor, will occupy a palace and Christ a cross. But that same Christ will rise up and split history into AD and BC so that even the life of Caesar must be dated by his name. Yes, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. You see, Jesus is the one who has the right to judge the world because he has conquered the one thing that claims everyone in the world, death. And now Jesus reigns alive over the world from heaven and will one day return to judge it. Now I know you might not like the sound of Jesus as a judge. So let me finish with three brief comforts about Jesus judging us. First, if Jesus is God in the flesh, well then since eternity, Jesus has heard every cry for justice ever. He's heard the wail of the widow, the agony of the orphan, the scream of the slave. Nothing escapes his gaze or knowledge. He is the one who is qualified to put everything right. Second, think about Jesus' time on earth. When he was here, all he did was heal the sick, raise the dead, and love the unlovely. Jesus knew our sorrows and he suffered for them. If anyone is to judge us, we would want it to be someone as infinitely loving as Jesus. 
And thirdly, Jesus' judgment means an end to suffering. Death will die. Evil will evaporate. God himself will wipe every tear from every eye. Everything sad will come untrue because of Jesus. And so what should we do in light of his return? Well, Paul in our reading this morning was very stark. He said, God now commands all people everywhere to repent. That is to turn around, to, to chuck a yui away from your chasing after dodgy efforts at justice and turn back to Jesus. It's a very abrupt message. But it's actually terribly loving and kind. Think about it. At the bottom of the, uh, the slip road that heads towards the Gobba Bridge is this sign. You might have seen it. It is in angry caps. It is on a red background. Wrong way. Go back. This is one of the most loving signs in all of Wagga. Because if it was vague and kind of left it up to you, you know, you do you when you drive, well, then you would plough headfirst into oncoming traffic at 80 kilometres an hour. So the clear warning that you were hurtling headlong into catastrophe against the arc of history's justice, that should actually fill us with hope and meaning because without Jesus' final judgment, well, then all those cries for justice throughout history, they ultimately go unanswered and we will just be bounding into oblivion. But instead, we can have the hope that Jesus is the right person in the right place who will one day come to our place to put things right forever.